The text for this morning's message will be found in Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14. I had originally planned on returning to Romans chapter 9 this morning. Um, plans change and with the latest that has happened and it seems like I said it is as fluid as the day, uh, one day to the next. Um, I find myself kind of thinking along the lines of, of speaking to this. However, I do not want to let this current situation arrest the pulpit. There's much of God's Word we need to learn. There's much of God's Word that teaches us. So the plan is for right now to return back to our study in Romans next week. But for now, I want to take you to a, a familiar passage, a familiar statement, one that, that, that speaks to much of uh, the fear and the uncertainty that's going on. And maybe that's the hardest part about all of this. The unknown, this uncertainty, this is weird. It feels weird. Things aren't right. They're not normal, right? We're not used to this. Maybe we we're beginning to feel boxed in or trapped a little bit. or and we, we want out. I want this just to be over. I want to go back to normal life, if, if I'm completely honest. And like I said on Wednesday, it's... it's it's irritating to me. I, I, don't, I don't like this. I don't like the feeling. What we need is we need God to step in and give peace while He does. Exodus chapter 14. I want to draw your attention to verse 13 and 14. Exodus chapter 14, verse 13 says this, And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will show you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. And the Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the grace that you've given us. I ask, Lord, that you would be with our hearts and minds as we listen to the word now and we listen to the preaching, that you would speak to us and to our souls and to our, the very needs that we have. Give us peace. Give us strength as we face what is going on in the world today, Lord. And I ask that you give me grace to speak what is needed and nothing more. I ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. It's a familiar statement to us. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. I love that verse. I love that phrase. I love all that surrounds it. And that though it's a familiar passage to us, that familiar passage actually has a context. It has a story or an account that goes with it. And I think it gives the, the words that Moses speaks some real power when we, we see what's going on around it. So what I'd like to do is kind of walk through that today. And, and I hope that it speaks to your heart as it has to mine. This has been tremendous help to me over this past week. Some of the things that happen here and understanding it. Um, so I hope that it is to you this morning. What we're at, at the, in this place of Scripture is the crossing of the Red Sea. Israel has been gloriously delivered from Egypt through the ten plagues and God working in all those ways. Unmistakably, it's Him. He brings them out and now we are at what we call the, the Red Sea crossing. And Israel is about to be gloriously delivered again. All by the power of God. So I want to look at that this morning. 
I want you to notice this morning first the fearful problem. The fearful problem. Let's look in verse 1 and read down through verse 9. The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they turn and camp before Pi-Hahiroth, between Migdal and the sea, over against Baal-Zavon, before it shall ye encamp by the sea. Don't need to know those names. We probably have no idea where that's at, but those are actually pretty important, and we'll get to that in a minute. God says, go camp here. Tell the Israelites to go here. Verse 3, For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are entangled in the land, and the wilderness has shut them in. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart that he shall follow after them, and I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. And it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled. And the heart of Pharaoh and of his servants was turned against the people. And they said, Why have we done this, that we have let Israel go from serving us? And he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. And he took six hundred chosen chariots and all the chariots of Egypt and captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with a high hand, but the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army. And he overtook them encamping by the sea beside Pihahiroth before Baal-Ziphon. Again, the names we don't know. We don't understand the geography because it's a foreign land and some of these names have been lost. But I want you to notice something right from the get-go. Israel's going to find themselves in a hard place. We're going to see that in just a few minutes. But God led them there. God told them where to go. In fact, he told them exactly where to go. I want you to go exactly to this place. It's not a random place. It's not a uh, wherever you guys find a good place to camp. No, tell the children of Israel, I'm going to take them right here because I'm going to do something. It was very specific. In fact, if they went anywhere else, it wouldn't have been the same. God didn't lead them to a marsh. God didn't lead them to a creek. He led them to the Red Sea. The names of the places we don't recognize, but if you look back in history, you would have seen that this this place was kind of intimidating. As they were walking, they would have been walking with mountains on one side, the sea on the other, walking straight into another mountain range. They're boxed in. Mountains, mountains, sea and God led them there I'm pretty confident most of us feel this morning the same way they did a little bit boxed in a little bit powerless right decisions are being made that's out of our hands and this current pandemic has us disoriented society's not the same it's not the same as it used to be a couple weeks ago There's a feeling in the air that's off. Humanity's being driven farther apart. I watch people walk by each other on the street. A lot of people are out walking, right? And I see groups of people come up and walk around and keep going. Before it used to be 
They might stop and chat with one another. Or they might shake hands or something like that. Now it's distance. Distance. That's all we hear. Distance. Keep distant from one another. We're told to stay at home. That may escalate. It may not. And while I can understand the reason behind it, something doesn't feel right. Something doesn't feel right in all of this. This is off. This is disoriented. I don't like it. I feel like this will have lasting effects that are not good. And I don't like being pushed down this path. I feel in many ways trapped. And I wish I was not in this current situation. I wish it would all go away. Probably much like Israel did. But we have to remember, God has allowed this. All things are in His control. I believe that with all of my heart. All things are in control. God is sovereign and nothing happens that He does not know. He knows exactly what is going on. So we ask the question, well, why? Why, God? Why are you letting this happen? Why can't you just stop it all? I don't know. I can't answer that. Perhaps it's a wake-up call to the world because it seems during these times we turn back to Him. We've seen it during wartime. We've seen it during crises like 9-11. There is more of an awareness to God, more of a turning back. Maybe it's a wake-up call to the world. I, I don't know. Maybe it's a wake-up call to the church to show us how very, very easily things can change for us. Maybe this is just sin having its effects on the world. I don't know. Whatever the reason may be, I know one thing. The same thing that was true of Israel in their circumstance. That this was done, this was allowed, so that God's power could be shown perfectly and unmistakably, and at the same time, requiring faith. This was done so God could show His power and at the same time it required faith that He was going to do it. And I think that's where we find ourselves this morning. They had to trust Him to do what only He could do, as do we right here and right now. You've got to trust Him in all of this. These are times when faith is exercised. It's easy when everything's going good and everything's quote-unquote normal. But when everything get, gets shaken up underneath our feet, that's when faith comes into play. Okay, Lord, I'm trusting you now. I'm trusting you with my job. I'm trusting you with food. I'm trusting you with the future, which I don't know. I'm trusting you with my health. I'm trusting you with everything. I'm having faith in you. That's, these hard times are when faith is exercised. And we are so prone to just wish God would zap it all away, right? That we wouldn't have to go through the worrying about all of these things. But that's not faith. Faith is trusting Him through the impossible. Hebrews 11.1 1 says this, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. 
I can't really see how God is going to work through this, but I have faith that He is. I can't really see, as I used to, the future and certainty of my job, but I'm going to have faith that He's going to provide. God led them here. And perhaps God has allowed this to happen for a reason. Now I want you to know and notice that God was moving in in control of all circumstances. He says, not only am I going to lead you here, but this is what's going to happen with Pharaoh. Pharaoh's going to harden your heart, and Pharaoh's going to harden his heart, and he's going to come after you. And he told them what Pharaoh would do on both sides, just to show that God works all things together for his purpose. Doesn't the scripture say that? He works all things together for our good. Some things in life do not have rational explanations or or solutions. But again, God is in control, working His purpose, and I believe He's doing that right now. We find ourselves here. We might not like it. We have to trust God in it. There's an old saying that gives me strength today. If God leads you to it, He will get you through it. If God leads you to it, He will get you through it. So Israel has been delivered out of Egypt. He's he's worked in many ways in their lives. They come to this point here, and now Pharaoh follows after them. Look in verse 8. I want you to notice something it says there. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with a high hand. With a high hand. What's that talking about? God provided for them in many ways. They went out of Egypt with riches, actually, with everything that they could have needed for their journey. They went out with a high hand. And let me just say, I think we've had a high hand in this world for a while. We've enjoyed blessings of God and peace and and, uh, prosperity in many ways. Now that's disrupted. Now the world is biting back a little. Can I say, and maybe can I suggest, we've gotten just maybe a little bit too comfortable in this world? As if, and we all fall into it, but God has blessed me because I have a job. God has blessed me because I have this much money. I, I have these many possessions, and that is a sure sign that God has blessed me. Those are blessings from God, yes. But do you realize if all those were taken away, we are still blessed by God? And because some of those things are failing now, it's easy for our human nature, us as Christians, and our human nature to get really shaken. Because perhaps maybe we've put a little bit too much trust in those things. We've had a high hand in this world. We've been very blessed in this world. And now I think we're seeing a little bit of the world biting back. We are seeing and feeling the effects of sin. Now, understand what I'm saying. I'm not at all saying that this is an attack on God's church, neither this disease or some of these things that are going on. I, I, I don't have that feeling. I think what's, doing, what's, what's happening is being done so out of health concerns. Okay? And I don't think this is an outright attack, at least not yet. though this is telling 
of some things and how quickly it can change in the world. I'm not saying that anybody who has caught this virus or who has lost a job or is in dire need of something did something wrong and now they're being punished by God. I'm not saying that at all either. I don't believe that. No. What I am saying is this is what sin has done to the world. Disease, death, destruction. These are the effects of sin, period. Sin destroys everything. Sin doesn't give us health. It gives us viruses. It gives pestilences and earthquakes and damage and destruction. This is what sin does. This is the true color of the world. The world is fallen. The world is broken. It's not our friend. There is a prince in the power of the air, Satan. This is his battleground. This is his playground. This is what he does. Death, destruction. Jesus makes it quite clear in John chapter 10, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. The only hope we have of grace and peace and life and health is Christ. Maybe this is opening our eyes to how bad and how fallen this world is. Perhaps God has removed His hand of protection and His hand of grace a bit to remind us that this is not our home. I find myself thinking of Revelation 21 and 22 when it tells us of heaven, when there will be no more curse, there will be no more death, there will be no more sorrow or pain or crying, and it will be perfect peace, perfect joy as we are with our Savior. That's home. That's what I'm looking forward to. So Israel finds himself in a problem that causes fear. They're boxed in, Pharaoh is coming. They have no way out. At least that's the way they feel. I want you to notice secondly this morning the fearful reaction that they have. Look in verse 10. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, and they said to Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt with us this way, to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Leave us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians that we should die in the wilderness. They react in a fearful way. We have a, quite a predicament here. Pharaoh is drawing nigh, and it says there are 600 chariots plus all the chariots of Israel. It says, or excuse me, in Egypt. It says that back up in verse uh, 7. He took 600 chosen chariots and all the chariots of Egypt and the captains over every one of them. This is a massive army. This would be quite a sight. The rumble of the earth beneath the horses' hooves and the wheels of the chariots. The battle cries of the army. All bearing down swiftly. The sheer intimidating numbers. The numbers. The numbers. Everywhere you turn, 
There's numbers. Look, here it comes. This many, look how many. Sure, they're afraid. The army of Egypt, the ruling world power, bearing down in fury upon them. There was no call of halt. Please stop. There were no terms of surrender. They were coming to kill Israel. And to many people, this virus seems the same. There is no stopping it. It is a silent killer that is everywhere intimidating the world by its sheer numbers. In Israel, it appears, has no way out. On one side, mountains. On other side, the sea. In front of the mountains. Behind them, Egypt. They see no way out, and so they cry out. But I want you to notice this morning, they cry out with the wrong words. They place blame, right? Moses, what are you doing? We told you leave us alone, but you brought us here. It would have been better for us to be back there than to die here. What are you doing with us? And they bring accusation against God who has already worked miracles for them. And listen, many of themselves find them find themselves in the same place today. They're confused or frustrated or unsettled, feeling trapped by all that's going on. So a natural reaction, a natural human reaction to that is anger. Lashing out. Lashing out at government officials who make decisions that affect us. Lashing out at other people who would be more or less cautious about all of this than they would. Lashing out at religion. Lashing out at pastors for what I am doing right now. And yes, lashing out at God. How could you, God? How could you let this happen? Don't you see? Are you asleep? Do something. (laughs) I'm reminded of a passage in Mark chapter 4. A storm on the Sea of Galilee. When the waves are so high and the winds are so bad that the boat is sinking. The disciples are scared. And Jesus, he's asleep. (laughs) And they run to wake him up. And one of the things they say is, carest thou not that we perish? Don't you care? We're dying out here. What's going on? You're sleeping? Yet all the while, the winds and the waves are perfectly obeying His will. God's not asleep. God sees and God knows. And it's okay to have your moments. We all do, don't we? If I can be honest, Thursday was a bad day for me. Things that are going on just kind of swirling around my heart and my mind and my job situation and what was going to happen, what did that look like, and the company's losing money and all that's going, going on with that. It was um, just whirling around in my mind and the threat of some kind of quote-unquote lockdown and what are we going to do as a church and praying and praying and praying and searching for answers and for peace. Yes, I have to listen to my own preaching many times. Going back in my own mind, I just said this on Sunday. I just talked about this on Sunday. 
Maybe I should listen to myself. So trying to, to bring that into my own heart and just feeling the weight of it all. And then it happened, actually. The stay-at-home order. And you know what? When that happened, I found myself at peace. Okay, at least now I know. <laughs> now it's not the unknown anymore. Okay, now I know what I can work with. Now I know what's going on. And then some other things with my job fell in place and I found myself with peace. It's okay to have your moments. But in those moments, we have to seek the face of God. We have to seek for His peace and pray and pour our heart out to God. It says in the Scripture, cast your cares upon Him for He careth for you. Both those words mean anxiety. Cast your anxieties on Him because He is anxious for you. As much as we are worried, He is caring for us. We have to find ourselves uh, throwing ourselves at the feet of God. Get it out if we have to, and then cry out for help and peace. And you will find that God is faithful to answer. They cried out, and God was faithful to answer. Now, I don't know how close he let Pharaoh get before he said something. It just says in verse 10, the Pharaoh drew nigh. I don't know if they're standing there waiting. Here they come, here they come, here they come. And God lets them get a little close for their comfort. But he answers. I want you to notice finally the faithful deliverance. Verse 13. Then Moses said to the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall, never, ye shall see them again no more forever. And the Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. Don't be afraid. Stand still, be at peace, and watch God work. You know, if anybody has, has seen the um, very evident physical deliverance of God, Israel had, hadn't they? The ten plagues, the Passover, from being slaves to being free now. And I think... Moses is calling them to remember that too. God has delivered you before. Stand still and watch Him do it again. Watch Him work. In fact, this problem, this trouble you're facing, it's going to be gone. The Lord is going to fight for you. And while He fights for you, you're going to stand and watch. You're going to be at peace while He does it. I want you to know that today. God will deliver us. That's what He does. He has delivered us many times. Maybe not through something quite on this scale, but look back in your life and all that He's done, starting with your salvation. He has delivered you from judgment. He has delivered you from eternal hell. Do you think a microscopic bug is too big for Him? God will deliver. The Scripture speaks much on this Psalm 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still and know that I am God. 
He is God. Not the news, not the experts, not the Facebook doctors. He is God. Be still and know that. Psalm 56. Thou tellest my wanderings, put thou my tears into thy bottle. (laughs) The Lord knows every tear that has been cried. They are in, as it were, his bottle. Are they not in thy book? He knows. When I cry unto thee, then shall my enemies turn back. For this I know, for God is for me. God is for me, not against me. In God will I praise His word. In the Lord will I praise His word. In God have I put my trust, and I will not be afraid what man can do to me. Because we are trusting in God. I want you to turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 20, if you could. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. A wonderful, beautiful story here. One of my favorites in the Old Testament. It involves uh, the southern kingdom of Israel, Judah. So when you read the word Judah, it's talking about the, the lower kingdom of Israel. They had a king named Jehoshaphat. And there are armies coming to to seize, uh, to, to seize Judah, okay? Second Chronicles chapter 20. There's somebody in the first couple verses comes to tell King Jehoshaphat, there's a great multitude of an army coming against you. We don't have a way out of this. This is bad. Verse 3 is where I want to pick it up. Second Chronicles 20, verse 3. Jehoshaphat feared set himself to seek the Lord, and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. You know, I'm going to ask at the end of service that maybe we observe a fast, something that's new to us, and I'll give you some more details on it. But you see the reaction Jehoshaphat has? He sets himself to seek the Lord. He proclaims a fast throughout all Judah. He has the right reaction. This is coming. Okay, Lord, (laughs) I need your help. Verse 4, And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. And he said, O Lord God of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven? And rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thy hand is there not power and might so that none is with able able to withstand thee go back go down to verse 9 and if when evil cometh upon us as the sword judgment or pestilence or famine we stand in this house and in thy presence for thy name is in this house and cry unto thee in our affliction then wilt thou hear and help do you hear that He says, when things get bad, we come to your house and we stand in your presence and we cry out for your help. That's what we do. Verse 12. O God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know what we to do. But our eyes are upon thee. We don't know what to do. We're looking to you, Lord. And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones and their wives and their children. 
Then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jael, the son of Mattaniah, a Levite, the sons of Asaph. Okay, this is just describing the guy. Upon this guy came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation, and he said, Hearken ye all Judah and all ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed by the reason of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Do you hear that this morning? This battle is not ours, it's God's. God will work in this. Look at verse 17. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. That has brought my heart so much peace. He lays it out before God and says, God help, and God answers and says, Hey, I got this. This is not your battle. This is the Lord's battle. So you know what? You go out, do what you need to do, and you be at peace, and I will fight for you. In the face of all that is going on, be still. Be at peace within our hearts. This battle is God's. He knows every tear that has been cried. He knows every life that has been affected. And He has His sovereign purpose in this. Be still. Know that He is God and that God is for you, not against you. Stand ye still and see the salvation of the Lord. In the chaos, though, God asks for something from us. He asks for faith. Back to Exodus 14 as we move to a close. There's something you really need to see here in Exodus 14. What he says next, I think I've missed in all of my prior readings. Exodus 14 and verse 15. And the Lord said unto Moses, after Moses gives this announcement, the Lord said to Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. <laughs> Layman's terms, what are you doing standing here crying out? Let's move. I don't think I've ever noticed that before. Let's move. Go forward. Step out on faith. Well, where are we going to go? Where on earth are we supposed to go? We're boxed in. Just move forward, and I will show you what I will do. In fact, he tells Moses, tell him to go forward. You lift your rod, verse 16, stretch out thy hand over the sea and divide it, and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. I'll make the way you follow in faith. What is life going to look like over the next few weeks? How is this going to impact my job? What if we aren't allowed to do anything? What if, what if, what if we take the next step by faith? We take the next day by faith. 
We do the next thing we're supposed to do by faith. We keep moving forward into the impossible, into the complete unknown. With all of this uncertainty and fear raging around us, we are still, we are at peace, and we are moving forward. You see, there is a way that we can both be still and moving at the same time. We can be still within our heart, at peace in God, and moving forward in faith. Well, how do we move forward in faith? You move forward in faith that God will provide for your needs. You move forward in faith that He will bring us through this. That we take each day at a time in faith. But also moving forward in this way. The work of the Gospel, the commission of the church, does not stop because of unfavorable circumstances. We don't stop witnessing when things get scary. We do it more because people need to hear it. We don't distance ourselves from fellow man. Social distancing does not kill the gospel. No, you know what we do? We get closer to them, even if we might have to stand some feet from them. We get closer to them and we speak into their heart, we speak into their life with the peace that they need and that peace is found in Jesus and what He did for us on that cross. The church must keep moving forward in whatever way she can, one step at a time in faith. And we will see, hear me, we will see God provide the way. Through the impossible, He will provide, He will protect, and He will deliver. I want you to see something. God gives protection as He gives deliverance. Verse 19, The angel of God which went before the camp of Israel removed and went behind them. Remember, mountains on the side, sea on one side, mountains before. Behind them, who's behind them? Egypt. And a pillar of Cloud by day and fire by night goes from leading them to behind them now. And the angel of God which went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them and the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and it stood behind them. Verse 20. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. And it was a cloud and darkness to them, Egypt, but it gave light by night to these, Israel, so that the one came not near the other all the night. God protected as He was delivering. God put a hedge around His people. Darkness to the world, light to the church. Protection to one, hindrance to the other. God has hedged us in, in many ways, hasn't He? He has put His hands of protection around His people. And may He continue to do so around your health, around your families, around your jobs and physical needs. May He continue to protect us as He brings us through this deliverance. He protects and then He delivers. Verse 21. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. I don't know what that might have looked like, but it would have been awesome. This wall of water on each side. Dry ground as the seabed is exposed. And Paul tells us the cloud also went over them. Completely protected as God delivered them from this threat. 
And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground, and the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. And the Egyptians pursued and went in after them to the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And it came to pass that in the morning watch, the Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of the fire and the cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians and took off their chariot wheels and they drave them heavily so that the Egyptians said, Let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thy hand over the sea that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, their chariots and upon their horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea and the sea returned to his strength when the morning appeared. And the Egyptians fled against it, and the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. And the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the host of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. And there remained not so much as one of them. But the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And Israel saw that great work that the Lord did upon the Egyptians, and the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and His servant Moses. God delivers as only He can. There's a song. God will make a way when there seems to be no way. He does that time and time again, does He not? God will make a way when there is no human possible way. You see, just like that, through His awesome power, God delivered them and brought them through. He brought them through the impossible, through the unseeable. It wasn't a problem for God. And there is coming a day soon when this will all be over. God will bring us through it. Just like that, life will be back to the way it was before. The daily commutes and the traffic. The baseball and the softball, the sports on TV, the hustle and bustle we all complained about, right? I got so much to do and blah, blah, blah. Now we kind of miss it, don't we? A little bit. It will return. God will break this virus. He will deliver us as only He can. He'll use human means as he did with Moses. And perhaps he will work through that team of doctors working on the cure or uh, antidote or whatever you want to call it for this. Maybe it will be by some other way, but he will work because if he did not, the world would be consumed. He will work. He will deliver. And we will come out the other side and look back and say, that was all you, God. That was all you, through the way you provided for me, how you brought us through this, everything about that was your hand of grace. Have faith in that. Just as you know, in the darkest of night, the dawn comes. So it is with this. Take strength in that. Be still in that. And we take each step by faith and watch Him deliver us. And as he does, can I ask you to do something? As fervently as you have prayed for this to pass, as much as you have leaned upon him at this time, for whatever need it may be, 
As much as you have pleaded for his guidance, do not stop because it ends. We have a tendency to do that. Please, 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 please. He does it. Oh, thanks. And we go on our way. Until the next crisis comes along. Don't stop praying the way that we are right now. Keep that. Keep that desperate reliance on him. Because not only will we need that, the world is going to need that. We as humanity will not come through this unchanged. Society is going to be affected by this. Things will be different. People have been taught. Children have been taught. And they've been taught by fear, though for a reason I understand it. Stay away. Stay away from me. Do not get close to me. I've seen it in grown men and women. You get close to them. I walked, um, walked into the habit to get something to eat, and uh, there was a man, one of the workers, the janitor, I don't, whatever, he's scrubbing the floors, cleaning. And there was the line of people ordering the takeout, and then the, the guy scrubbing. When there was a gentleman who came to pick up his order, and he literally stood there like this. I can't get out because I have to walk by this person or by these people. Stay away from me. I'm scared of coming into contact with people. That will have effects. I've seen children have that attitude. This is not going to leave society unchanged. There is a chasm that is opening up between fellow men. And a chasm that will not close for a very long time. But that's a chasm that only love can span. The love of Christ. What the world needs now, and what the world will need for many, much time to come, is for us to love them. To us, for us to communicate to them the love of Christ. To reach out to them. To be the calm in the storm. And to be examples of faith. So in all of this unknown, in the fear and the uncertainty, let's be still. Let's take each step by faith and watch Him deliver us through it. I don't know what the future holds. Things are changing day by day. I don't know what's going to happen with our jobs. I don't know what's going to happen with our way of life that has changed so much already. I don't know what's going to happen with our ability to meet. But I do know this, that God is faithful. God is God. And there is countless times He has brought me through things in life. And this, this might be on a bigger scale, which means He'll bring us through in a bigger way, you see. And that gives me peace. It causes my heart to be still. Let the facts of who God is and how He works and how He is able to deliver us, let that be louder than the fear in your heart. And take each step by faith. I don't know what may happen tomorrow, but I do know what He wants me to do today. So let's do it. By faith, let's move forward. And He will deliver us. Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank You for Your care and Your watch over us. I ask for Your hedge of protection in the midst of these times. You would keep us from this virus that is going around. You would protect our families. You would protect our, our jobs, our homes. 
all of that, Lord, that you have blessed us with. I ask, Lord, that you would give us hearts of peace, that we would be able, in the midst of the, the fear and the uncertainty, to be still, to know that you are God, and to see your deliverance, to see your salvation. Help us to take each step by faith, and as we do, to, to reach out to those who are hurting and, and scared around us and speak the peace and certainty of your love to them. Lord, I ask blessings on each one who is here. Be with us as we go from here. I thank you for all that you've done. In Jesus' precious name I pray, amen.